the early 2000s face of the league was Kobe or Shaq. Yeah. Or Tracy McGrady or Vince Carter. Or Allen Iverson. Honestly, it's all five of those guys who I had a poster of all five of them, and Latrell Sprewell was on it randomly, too. But he's <laughs> not, I mean, we're not going to talk about that. It was called, uh, it was uh, the poster said, The Highlight Zone. We're not going to take it. <laughs> we're just going to keep that no, going. No, <laughs> we're not going to take it. I forgot. Uh, you know, we're I don't not going to take it. I, 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 I don't remember who, but there was a Republican candidate that used that song. That is correct. Oh, I do remember and that. that they got a cease and desist. D. Snyder was. <laughs> I'm a Democrat. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, almost, almost every fucking song that Repu- the only song that Republican politicians are allowed to use is "God Bless the USA" by Lee Greenwood because he's a fucking jerk off Republican <laughs> himself. So. That and, and pretty much anything Jimmy Buffett. It's like fair game. Like they want to go Margaritaville. Fair game every single time. Cheeseburger in Paradise. You have it. Yeah, but like that's not Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett, Buffett, bro. He's just like drunk all the time. He's like, you want to play my songs? Play my song. I can't. I can't believe that that's actually him in the the Jurassic World movie, the first one. There's yeah, a, carrying the margaritas. There's the guy running away holding the two margaritas is Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. I and guess he, I never he's realized. He's running that. out of Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. So. Um. The only thing that makes me think is like, wow, that's real sad that Jimmy Buffett actually goes to the Margaritavilles because Margaritavilles are sad. As a as a as a music lover, I'm not a big Jimmy Buffett guy, but as an entrepreneurial spirit, I respect you turning a song into a franchise restaurant. Hold on. Well done, Did sir. You know, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to say this. That song is the most valuable song of all time because Margaritaville, all the shit and franchises that it spawned, is a, had like this was like four or five years ago, but was officially worth a billion dollars. Damn! Holy shit! A I had billion no idea. dollars! Wow! Way to go, Jimmy! Damn, dude. Way to go, dude! Damn. That's crazy. Margaritaville. Margaritaville. Uh, uh, Kyle Kinane has a bit. That the most depressing song in the world is Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. And he said, he was like, originally it wasn't. It was a fun song. But then they created Mar- Margaritaville as an actual place. So now there's an actual location to put all the lyrics to the song to. And he's like, have you ever been to Margaritaville? He's like, it's always in the middle of nowhere. It just finished snowing. And he does a bunch of whole other bunch of things of how depressing the song is. It's like my favorite bit from him. That and the time See, that I, he yelled at a cat I, for twenty minutes. I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I I don't I don't. Um, yeah, I mean, like I don't look at it that way. I I just look at it as like a just like you know a good alcoholic little uh, little song, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. At home, you're also a country boy. You know, you're just hammered at home, just sipping margaritas. Fuck it. Yeah, you're you're also you're also a country boy. I am not. I'm not. You are. I'm not. You're a country boy. I'm not. You grew up in the country. I don't care. I'm wearing fucking light gray skinny jeans and a something corporate hoodie right now. Like, <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a country boy. That's fair. I put I on real. I can't pain. argue I with that logic. I'm proud of you. That's been my goal the last couple of weeks. Is like put on Pants. clothes every day. Yeah. Today I uh, I put on real clothes and let's see. I walked. Just a little over. I walked about six miles. Just a little, little over five miles. So about five and a half okay. miles. Okay. Okay. I did. Right. I did a hundred push-ups. I'm gonna try to do another hundred more before I go to bed. My goal has been two hundred push-ups and ten thousand steps every day. Nice. That a boy. That a boy. That a boy. 
Wow. Yeah. Pr- proud Good of job. you. I find I worked out for the first time in a while today. It's just been weird. Like it's been hard to get into a rhythm. I feel like I'm going to bed later because I don't have to go to bed early. Yeah. Just that's, like trying to find my rhythm. That's sort of why I've been like I've been walking, walking. I've been doing the push-ups because the push-ups. It's like oh, I can like if I do 200 a day, like I can bang out like 25 at like random intervals throughout the day. Yeah, and I also like significantly cut my calorie intake to like like fifteen hundred calories a day, so that I'm right. just not like munching all the time and like I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to lose some weight during the quarantine, I'm trying to show back up Pro- at work post quarantine, and people be like, "Bro, that guy's absolutely shredded." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that could happen. <laughs> And then and then I'll teach myself uh, <laughs> and I'll be the shredded dude that shreds. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's move on. Wow, <laughs> thank you. I'm please, done. please. Oh boy, welcome back, y'all. This is episode 126. Fudged up last week. This is episode 126 of NBA. Last week was 125 because that's how numbers work. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we are back for another episode of. MBA season in reviews. Uh, <laughs> this week we'll be going over the 2003 MBA season. But before we do that, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves, fellas. I'm your host, Jay Keelas. Uh, my other Chicago friend here with the skinny pants. Introduce yourself, sir. Hey, it's Tad, a.k.a. Gary DeAndre Ayton. Ooh. Sorry, that was supposed to be Gary okay. DeAndre Payton, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Mixing of the. The like, interesting. Um, okay. What is it? Right. I mean, Gary Payton was a was a prevalent uh, player in the in the year that we are uh, going to be yep. talking about. That's fair. I, you're not wrong. I agree. I like that. Um, and my brother, introduce yourself, uh, sir. Nikki Kiles, aka Margarita Vilgasol. Ooh, Ooh Margarita. Pretty good. All right. Okay. Right on, y'all. Welcome back. This is MBA, the podcast that tries to talk about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk a lot of shit. Again, this is episode 126. We are back to talk about more NBA shit. More NBA shit. You know, I was going to tell you guys something. I forgot to mention this off air, but fuck it. I've been reaching out to a lot of my favorite NBA podcasters and writers and like asking them for resources because I feel like I want to, by the end of this quarantine, my biggest goal is to be better at watching basketball from an analytic perspective like being able to like sure. watch a player and like break his game down and be like this guy sucks at this done you You're know welcome. like i want to be that good i want to be that good and i'm just like reaching out thus far zero responses but i keep yeah, trying keep, i keep trying to, talk to, of the shots you don't take kelly Scott. i was gonna reach out to him actually because i know he's always been really responsive and he's his shit's really good so i'll reach out to him i'll reach yeah, out to him to kelly um i also just thought i just thought of a good aka Go for it. <laughs> Kevin Garnetti and Meatballs. Ooh. I like that. Apparently, Ooh. he said that he wanted to be like the GM or something of the Bulls. Because, <laughs> uh. No, 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 no. So he got into a huge fight with Timberwolves ownership because, as a part of his, like, last contract that never was, the handshake agreement was that he was going to get part ownership of the team and then when flip saunders passed away they basically just like canceled that agreement because flip was a big part of that agreement and that's why recently kevin garnett's like i'm happy to be in the hall of fame i will not be retiring as a minnesota Timberwolf. i'll tell you that right now which is like oof i mean it is his call he can do whatever the fuck he wants so i mean he won as a celtic so 
Makes sense. Yeah, but he won MVP as a fucking as a Timberwolf and and like played there far longer than anywhere else. But he won as a so it's weird. It's weird. It's like a weird. It's not that he was going to become a partial owner, but like that he would join the ownership group. So does that mean like he gets some sort of stake in it, or does that mean yeah? Okay, yeah, that was going to be part of it. It was like like the same way that like Jay Z was owner of the Nets. I mean, definitely Jay Z probably had more ownership of the Nets than KG would have had of the Timberwolves, but like in a similar fashion. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like I think Shaq is actually like part of the ownership group of the Kings, if I yeah, remember correctly. He's part owner of the Kings. Who's that? With Shaq. You know, Shaq. Shaq. Oddly Shaq enough. Wheel. Weird. Owned him. Yeah. Owned him in the playoffs. The ex- now oh my god, I was about to say the exact same sentence. <laughs> word for word. Oh. Great minds. Oh, that's and all good. That stuff. That that's is, lovely. That's why Nikki, that's Let's why you and I always end up talking over each other yeah. in the fucking podcast yeah. because like, <laughs> We're always just, you know, we're we're on the same wavelength. It's mm-hmm. nice. Fuck you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, came right at right me. At you, man. Um, I'm, I'm feeling sassy today. Actually, I feel, I've said that on pretty much like our last like five podcasts. So yeah, it happens, man. <laughs> it's. I guess that's oh, what man. sitting around the house all day will do to people. I don't. I wouldn't Shock know. True. I'm essential. It all it all comes out uh, on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's uh, let's get into it. Before we get into the 2003 season, I wanted to talk about something that actually happened today. So, what timing that we're recording on this Thursday uh, today? Um, Jalen Green, who is the number one prospect of the 2020 ESPN class, decided that instead of going to college, which he was highly, highly recruited, um, naturally, as the number one overall recruit, has decided to be the first participant in the G League's new uh, developmental program um, that is called the Professional Pathway Program. It's intended to pay high school players who are not yet eligible for the NBA draft, but are clearly NBA draft prospects. A lot of people expect him to potentially go number one in the NBA draft. And essentially, Jalen Green is going to play professional basketball in the U.S say unlike some of his counterparts over the last couple of years like Lamelo Ball and Emmanuel Moutier and some of these other guys um he's actually gonna play here in the G League so guys um he wasn't the first one to make that announcement today um the other individual who made that announcement was Isaiah Todd who's the number 13 overall ranked player in the 2020 class was a McDonald's All-American this year was supposed to go to Michigan but decommitted in order to also take advantage of the G League and others expect that uh McCurr McCurr which is Thon Maker's uh younger brother is also going to potentially take this route as well so i ask you guys a when you heard this news what were your reactions well the first one was that don maker's brother was the man so nice they named him twice <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. It. well done i got more to say but i'll let nikki go i just wanted to make oh. my dumb joke <laughs> <laughs> uh no i 100 percent am happy actually that this is happening i've never been a fan that of the fact that the NCAA doesn't pay any of those kids. They make so much money off of those kids. I think it's fucked up. Uh, everyone can be like, free education, but that's fine. Let those kids who are actually going to spend four years there actually take those free educations to play sports there. But these kids who are only doing this because the NBA is forcing them to, they can actually go and develop an, an actual, like, you know, NBA-ready kind of league and have a little bit better chances. I think... What Lamella Ball did was a, a very smart idea. You said Emmanuel Moody already. That's another. I think you know Lamella Ball is a little bit more famous about it at this point, but Emmanuel Moody is another example, uh, and I, I think he's a very good player in the league now. And I I think more kids should start doing shit like this. 
But like you know, obviously, if you're a kid who's probably gonna play like two, three seasons in college before you go to the NBA, don't fucking worry about it. You're gonna be in college. They're paying for your school. Did you guys know that Sharif Abdurrahim is the president of the G League? Yes, I did because I went down a Wikipedia <laughs> rabbit hole a few weeks ago and was I had no reading idea. his page, and I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> I had no idea. What what a shocking, shocking, just like like little fact. Like what what a, like I, like I mean like by all accounts like you, you know there's I'm not, I'm not saying like it's just like that is like the not the guy that I expected. No, I would not. Yeah, I was. Either. I mean, look, he went to Cal Berkeley, so like it, it's a good school. It's not super surprising. Like he's always seemed like a sharp guy, but yeah, I was just like reading through this article, and I'm like, wait. Sh- that's Sharif right, Abdurrahim? but like the I mean, fuck? he he went to he went to Cal Berkeley for one season. Was he there for one season? Yeah. Okay. He just like he did was a Wikipedia. Like, uh, what was it? Rabbit hole. He knows. That's right. He there. he got into the like, rabbit he, hole. So. I did. I I went through all this, but he. I mean, he was he was uh he he was a one season guy. Like I mean, like look, Cal Berkeley is a fine school, but like let's not pretend that like Cal Berkeley's uh like. College of Liberal Arts, like their elective classes and and uh, and Gen Eds are that much more difficult than, uh, you know, pretty much any other university in the in the country. Um, I digress. He still seems like a very intelligent man, and like you know, good for him. He also, man, like if he had not had injury problems in the back half of his career, he was a bona fide star player in the league. Yeah, but he was like he was like the original empty stats guy. Like none of his teams were ever good, but he always put up twenty ten. Like he was just his teams were he was like yeah, Demarcus before like, Demarcus. You gotta like you gotta like look at at some of those teams, man. Like no, they had Mike. He had Mike Bibby at one point. He had Damon Stoudemire at one point. Like he had Bryant Reeves, Big Country at one point. Like he did country. not have a bunch of bums we, around him. Uh, like I'm sorry. Okay, are we we're we're saying that Brian Reeves was Brian Reeves played like six years in the NBA he had like two good seasons careful yeah those two good seasons were with Sharif Abdurrahim sure <laughs> but who else was on those teams fucking Cherokee Parks from Duke <laughs> is that true I don't know he was yeah just trust me on all this I went you did the, look, you went into went the yeah thing it was very it was very you long through the rabbit um, hole man. Em- em- empty stats guy empty stats guy much much like your your boy demarcus cousins like very very eerily similar every season multiple time all-star like 20 and 10 like on the regular 100%. without a doubt 100%. his teams were never good ever yeah no, like they, those they Van- those vancouver teams always underperformed when he went to atlanta the also they were bad the, didn't he didn't he end up in Portland? Isn't that where he ended his career? I don't know. I, I don't so. know where he finished. Was he but... also the guy who like got in trouble or ch- he did change his name or something about his name? He got in trouble with the NBA. Or I'm thinking someone else? Mm-mm. No, you're thinking of um God, I, f- I forget his name. Mahmoud Abdul Rahif or Rahuf. Yeah, it's like, like very he played for the it's Nuggets. Like similar. similar last names or something like that, I think is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. Okay. Sorry. Um, but in any case, so just for the listeners who are maybe unfamiliar with exactly what this means for uh, Mr. Green. Um, okay, well, I, I had some thoughts. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Let me just skip over me. Uh, anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so just a couple quick points of clarification. Number one, uh, they cannot play with they – ha- they must play with an unaffiliated team. They cannot play for a team that is affiliated with another NBA team. Correct. Um, yeah, which is yeah, which is number, awesome because that was like originally when I heard it, that was my biggest concern. Number two, there is a team 
from my understanding, there is a team in Southern California that is an unaffiliated team. It's going to be a new team, the Los Angeles. That is that that is basically just going to be a team for these kinds of players. Yeah. Yeah, so my understanding is it's basically like, to Tad's point, a team that's unaffiliated that will have the same level of like professional development and NBA coaching and training and all those things, um, but they won't actually be playing in the G League. They'll simply be playing exhibition games against other G League teams and also against some international teams as well. So they're going to get a little bit of exposure to both. Um, And it's really going to be more of like, it's, it's going to be a true like, developmental league where like this kid's getting paid 500 grand to do this like they're like the article said that like adam silver and sharif Abdurrahim were fighting over the last couple years specifically because rj hunter and Lamelo went to australia and they're like okay enough is enough we can't keep losing our high school kids to these international leagues like there's an opportunity to make money here um and also to like keep these kids here and also get them into the nba sooner if they feel that that's the route that they'd like to go i just like Okay, I appreciate the NBA trying to make the G League like a legitimate league. Totally. But at the same time, just fucking scrap the fucking age requirement, please. Well, they are. They are. It's ending in 2021. Yeah. I forgot that that was the thing. You yep. are correct. Yeah, so they're already, they already waived it. Like, this is the, these kids are graduating this year, though, so like... They had a choice of going to college this year or playing professionally. They're just they're gonna be the first class. But the beautiful thing is like for the kids that are not draft like ready yet, they have this as an alternative option as a secondary league, as opposed to going to college where it's a fucking joke anyways, or going to the NBL in Australia or China or going to Europe. Like now they can be homegrown talent, they can be around NBA. Like the article said that Sam Mitchell's probably gonna be the coach of this team, which is like former like NBA coach of the year, a solid longtime NBA player, longtime NBA coach with some varying levels of success, but like a, a real coach, like a legitimate NBA coach who can teach NBA offenses and like teach them how to be professionals. I think it's a, I think it's great for guys who are like tweener prospects, like the type of guys who are maybe like not first round type high school guys, but like are clearly NBA prospects and would prefer to raise their draft stock by going into this program where they're going to be in the in the NBA zeitgeist for lack of a better term atmosphere exactly and like be around NBA scouts on the regular like it's a fucking pain in the ass to get to Australia it's super easy to prospect guys here so if you can get in that league be around NBA scouts I love it and also so my other question you guys was like what do you think this does for the NCAA in terms of like the the product that is college basketball I don't think it hurts it. Yeah, I don't either. I, I really, I really, truly don't. I, I think like there are enough people that like really love their schools and love the love college basketball. I mean, like, I mean, when the NBA had uh, you know the the one and done rule, where I mean, was the product of, of college basketball worse? In fact, this actually makes it better because yeah, you have. I less, completely agree. You have less of these guys, and you have more of the guys that stick around for three, four years. I completely agree and it, it changes like team dynamics it changes the way it actually probably creates more parity because you don't have guys like and not that kentucky has been like you know world beaters recently but duke still has been and like yeah. you, you don't have the you know these coaches that go out and they're like oh like i just recruit all these one and done guys and it's like yeah dude play for me score 40 points a game and you'll go to the league and you know you'll be a first round pick and all that stuff like it actually will create more more parity mm-hmm 
I completely yeah. agree. I'm I'm a big fan of it. I think college basketball has been at its best when we had that. We had the guys, the players that we could like get to know year over year, the JJ Reddicks, the Adam Morrisons, the Christian Leitners, like the Tyler Hansbros. Like college basketball is more fun when you know who's coming back next year and like, oh, North Carolina's reloading, or like, hey, here's this upstart team in Wichita State that has fucking Ron Baker and Fred Van Fleet. They're juniors so and they've been around for a that while. A you know, like to watch. I love yeah. them. I love them. But like you 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 lose that with this one and done role. And with this, like you just eliminate these guys that are just they have nowhere else to go and they don't want to go overseas. Now you give them a place to go. It doesn't muck up college basketball. And I completely agree with Tad's point. What happened to Ron Baker? Is he still in the league? Uh, I think he was on Washington most recently, but like he ain't playing no more. I don't, I don't think I don't I don't think he's in the league. I'm gonna Google it. And by Google, I mean look it up on Basketball Reference because that's yeah. I don't. I think the last team he was on was the Wizards. I'm shocked that the Knicks signed him for as long as they did. You know, Ron Baker wrote a children's book. I'm, hold on, I'm gonna Washington. <laughs> we can talk about the children. Uh, we can we can talk about the uh, yeah. He plays in Moscow now, by the way. Yeah, uh, I'm not but shocked. I, I just I want I want to stop you just real quick. Uh, you're shocked that the Knicks made a head cra- <laughs> a head scratching like signing like. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Come That's on, fair. man. Come on, man. I mean, you're talking about a dude that was like an un- he was an undrafted free agent that they signed, played a decent amount of minutes for a really shitty team, and then they signed him to a two year, nine million dollar contract. It's like, what? You locked this guy up. He was your backup point guard on a shitty ass team, and he was an un- he was he was fine for them. He, he was fine, he but not two years, nine million. He averaged like three points a game, and he, he he's he most famous he for getting hit in the like face by point. Anthony Davis. That's that tells you yeah, enough. That's right. He wasn't that's a true right. point guard either. You know, I mean, that's the thing. No, but you know, there I was agree. nothing. Though, I agree. That, that, it didn't get better for my night though than on a, a Thursday night watching. Um, or I guess that would be a Wednesday night because be ESPN. Uh, wanna uh, or like a, a Wednesday night. Uh, watching the the eighteen and forty three Knicks, you know, play against like the twenty two and forty Bulls, and uh, you know they kick it out to Baker in the corner. Ron Baker for three, bang! Mike Breen. <laughs> that man can make anything sound entertaining. Mike Breen's a man. He's bang! Uh, bang! So it's like that call is just so. Good. <laughs> yeah. For the listeners who are unfamiliar, um, as I mentioned, Ron Baker did write a children's book the book is called you're too big to dream small uh <laughs> hey cute. man that's, that's quality cute. I, it, I did it's not a know, book I about a young man a, a young right because he's tall oh yeah was he like six seven yep he a, a, a young small man who has big dreams um yeah i don't know it's good for you ron <laughs> it's just yeah, the like. best thing you did was you wrote a children's book um if the listeners are curious um you can currently buy this book on amazon for six dollars and 53 cents hey. if you're interested as many of you may be parents and are looking for a way to entertain your kids during the quarantine highly recommend you're too you're too big to dream small you're saying too big to dream small okay is that yeah. like a Am- about like fat people <laughs> Yeah, probably, probably. Um, and with that, let's get in to the oh wait, wait before we do that, we gotta we gotta celebrate because we talked about this last week. I'm not gonna celebrate, but you guys can. Gar Foreman gone, was officially fired. John so Paxson, point, listen, gone. I'm happy for it. My point. <laughs> Gar Foreman, the unemployment line, bang. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oof. 
man. Uh, he's a multi-millionaire. Yeah, he's so, so every uh, he's, yeah, I he's mean, he's, he's not going to the unemployment line. I, 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 I simply uh, can't can't imagine that that is uh, what's what's going to happen. But uh, regardless, the point that I made last week uh, is moot now that they are gone, um, which is great. Yeah. Like, that's now to terrific. be to be clear to be clear, John Paxson is not gone. He's basically he was basically given paid retirement, yeah. so he's technically still employed. Which I also found out today, Scotty Pippen got fired, which I had no idea as like a senior advisor. Which I don't really know what he was doing, but like the team was trying to Dude, be better about Scottie, like how they treated Scottie, former players. Scotty Pippen had that job because Scotty Pippen was broke, and the Bulls were like, "Fuck, man! Like we'll give you this dumb job. We'll pay you a few hundred thousand dollars sure. a year, and here you go." Yeah, yeah, but here's the here's the thing though, like. Many teams do that. The Bulls historically didn't yeah. do that. And that gave them this like label of not being player friendly and not taking care of like guys who were big parts of the organization. Like Horace Grant is still employed by them now. You know, John Pat now they've done they haven't done it, but then they've done it in the worst possible ways when they have, which John Paxson being the greatest well, John example Paxson, of that. Isn't he like, also married to Jerry Reinsdorf's daughter? There's some relationship there. He's like a he's like a son-in-law or some shit. Yeah, I think you might be right. So nepotism? Oh, Mm. what nepotism? Nepotism? I don't know. But like, I I can't imagine that. Like, Scottie Pippen hasn't been a little problematic. Like, and like where he like tries to be more vocal and be more of a like. I agree. Presence. In I think that he's front a. I think he's a. I think he's a good presence to have around the team, though. A guy who has rings, who is an All Star, top fifty player of all time. Like that's a guy you want around this young team. Sure. Like his like career wise, he was never a teammate that like caused problems. Like he wasn't. He had one year where he was causing problems. Like Phil wanted him to play in the game, and like he refused to go back in the game. Like they had a couple problems towards the end of the dynasty, but for the most part, like Pippen was arguably the best teammate on that team and that's a guy that you want around this look i don't give a shit like it's i don't it doesn't make the team better or worse that they fired him i just thought that was interesting but the paxton one is like they basically he's like going into like a senior advisory role but like is not going to be around day to day which is literally just paid retirement yeah i mean i'm here for it here's the one thing the last thing i'll say on that there are rumors that they're that um, Arturis wants to hire Del Demps as a GM. Please, please, Arturis, do not do that. Please don't hire Del. I know he's black, and you said you wanted to hire a GM of color. Ooh, I get it. Careful now. That's what he said. Those are his words, not mine. The first thing he said was because uh, Marcus Spears wrote an article about how the Bulls interviewed zero candidates that were of a minority ethnicity yeah, whatsoever. However, they did interview Brian Colangelo and Danny Ferry. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, in any case, that's besides, that's besides the point. Arturis came out in his fucking press conference and was like, I'm going to hire a GM, GM that's a minority uh, or general manager of color. Please don't make it Del Demps. Del Demps sucks. <laughs> like, he's terrible. Mm-hmm. He's He was so bad as a Pelicans GM. Please don't bring him over here. Please. I beg you. <laughs> I'm looking at his... Uh... His draft picks. Signed Joe Alexander as a free agent. Pretty solid move. That a boy. <laughs> Crushing it. Uh, he traded Darren Collison and James Posey to the Pacers uh, and acquired Trevor Ariza. Mm. It's not bad. That, that was 2000. Yeah, that was, those were those teams with uh, with Chris Paul and, and them. That was Those were good teams. 
I'm trying to see who. Uh, that was a bad trade. A lot of bad signings, a lot of bad draft picks. Not one of those guys was in the league more than three years. Those were bad signings. Uh, that was mm-hmm. a bad pick. Mm-hmm. That was a bad yep. trade. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is really bad. He's terrible. He's like his track record is bad. Couple couple good spots that allowed him to keep his job. Mostly bad. Anthony Davis does not count. It was a no brainer. They had yeah. the number one overall pick. That doesn't count. You can mess you can mess up the number one overall pick for sure. But like Anthony Davis was like a next generation yeah. talent. That doesn't count. He did. You could argue that the best thing he did was like basically hey put the Lakers against the wall and make them trade. Uh, Everybody for Anthony Davis. Wait, that can't. Yeah. What, that can't. That, what? What is this? Which, if I remember correctly, he didn't even finish that trade. He was. He just. He stopped it from happening, and then David Griffin finished mm-hmm. it. So, uh, Dell is not a good DM. In, I don't want him here. In 2011, he drafted Josh Harrelson uh, with the 45th <laughs> pick and promptly mm-hmm. traded him to the New York Knicks for cash. That a boy. Smart. You know what? Move. Ec- economical. You gotta respect it, man. About his money, yeah, yeah. don't want him here. Don't want him here. Yeah, man, please, when, please uh, don't hire him. When I when I heard uh, that, uh, you know, the Knicks were willing to give away money for an overrated white <laughs> center from uh, Kentucky, I had to pull the trigger. I agree. That's uh, that move, was a, that was a mocking of uh, the film semi pro when he says that. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Kentucky needed a washing machine. I'm an aggressive <laughs> owner, and I pulled the trigger. So anyway, we, yep. we can move on. Noted. All right. Nikki, bring us to 2003, the year that I graduated eighth grade. Oh, wow. Bring us there. Bring us well, back. Well, before we get into 2003, we have to go back a little bit further to July 17th, 2002. As Nellie made sure the whole country knew of the high heat index indoors and the necessity of removing clothes if the heat became too much, two combo guards would take off their old uniforms for ones they would become far more familiar in. Mr. Big Shot Chauncey Billups would leave cold Minnesota for cold Detroit, and Monitor Ginobili, who was drafted in 1999, would finally leave his Italian team, the Virtus Bologna, for one of the, which is actually the one of the oldest Euroleague teams ever. They were started in 1929. Virtus Bologna. He left that team for the fattest city in America, San Antonio. <laughs> the big old women. Yes, the big old women. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. Well done. Unfortunately Continue. for Manu Ginobili, he signed a little too late, and he would not get the chance to play with a great, as NBA favorite Terry Porter would retire on July 29th, 2002, oh, after 17 seasons my in the NBA. But Damn. fear not, Manu, a great would join you soon. August 5th, 2002, after a one-year stint in Portland, the man who would later name his son Nick would find himself back in San Antonio as Steve Kerr was traded for Anthony Daniels, Amal McCaskill, and Charles Smith. Uh, and then on August 6th, the very next day, the jersey swaps continue as Dikembe Mutombo is traded to the New Jersey Nets for Todd McCullough and Keith Van Horn. Then on September 5th, 2002, the Magic continue showing love for great old big man as they signed 33-year-old Sean Kemp for what would be his last season. Fat Sean Kemp. Fat Sean Kemp. As I said, old big man. September 10th, 2002, Puerto Rican phenom Carlos Arroyo starts his stint with the Utah Jazz. September 11th, 2002. Jerry Stackhouse gets to learn from the best as he joins Charles Oakley, Christian Leitner, and Kwame Brown in Washington. 
Also, Michael was there. He was traded from <laughs> Detroit. He was traded from Detroit along with Brian Cardinal and Ratko Varga for Hubert Davis, Bobby Simmons, and the man in the mask, Richard Hamilton. The 2002 draft was a year of the big man, as the players with the best win share in their careers was Amari Stoudemire with 92.5, Carlos Boozer, 80.3, Nene, 73.3, and Yao Ming, 65.9. The first five picks of the 2002 draft were Yao Ming, Jay Williams, Mike Dunleavy, Drew Gooden, Nicolas Skidishvila. Other notable draftees, six, Dewan Wagner. I don't know if I said his name oh, right, but, you know. Yeah, you crushed 10, it. 10, Karan Butler. 23, Tayshawn Prince. 26, the man who always understood when he needed to get paid, John Salmons. And at 46, <laughs> Matt Barnes. And that's it for that. Yeah, buddy. That's, uh, that's our opening. Where's it starting? I want to oh, just give a, a, quick, start. a quick shout out. Uh, you mentioned Bobby Simmons. Uh, shout out to Bobby Simmons, who for one year in his career as an NBA player averaged 16.5 points a game, parlayed that into a four-year, $42 million contract, and then spent the rest of his career sitting at the end of every fucking conceivable bench in the league. I know, dude. I genuinely thought, like, yo, Bobby Simmons is the next dude. He was from De- he played at DePaul. Like, right. I was just like, yo, right. this dude, this dude's legit. One season fucking blew up and then crashed. Nothing. Um, did you know? I also he, want to make. Did you know that he's that, that he's uh, Russell Simmons' nephew? Did you know that? Mm, I had no I idea. That. That's not true. I made that up, but it sounds like something <laughs> that could be true. Wow, that was a good one. He got, got me. me he there. sold me on that. Um, I do want to say one thing. So, um, Sean Kemp was thirty three when he signed with yeah, the Magic. Is that what you said? Correct. Let's not call him old, okay? Because I'm 31. I'm only two years NBA, away from that. That's old. That hurt. Yeah, not really like, though. It's old, not old really. When you, when you talk, when you talk, like you say, not, not, not really now. However, 33 in 2003 was pretty old by league standards. I, 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 I'll, I'll agree. I would say that, like to me, 35 is like, oh, that guy's old. <laughs> I understand. I'm so close. I, it's okay. Please, guys, we're all getting older. Please, I'm about guys. to be 30. You're fine. I'm dying. I'm I also dying. am about to be 30. Yeah. So, you know. Um, right. Nikki, when listen, are you guys, 30? Uh, November 6th. November. This year. Yeah, dude. I'm assuming the world um, makes it to that. Also. So, let's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, well, I just wanted one last thing. Um, I, I actually, you know what? I don't want to go here anymore because of this article I just read. But Bobby Simmons owns a nightclub in uh, Chicago called uh, Society Twenty Two Hundred One, and I was like, for your thirty second birthday, we should go there. Um, <laughs> but the one of the headlines here from two thousand seventeen is a uh, nightclub linked to fatal shooting doesn't have proper. And I mean, I don't know what the rest of it says. And then the little uh, subtext says a man was killed outside of Society Twenty Two Hundred One. Yeah, probably not a place. To, probably not a place let's to not, go. Oh, let's my, not go there. Another one. My son helped a woman punched at a nightclub. Then he and that's where it cuts off. But yeah, not, not great. Not great. Bobby Simmons. It sounds like running a. Oh lordy, these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we're not going. We're, we're just, we got uh, it. We got it. Well, Nikki, you mentioned this to end the uh, the introduction once again. Well done. Um, I want to start today's 2003 season conversation with the draft. I, the Ringer actually just put out their redraftables of this draft, and it was a very this is this is a very 
interesting draft because it is filled with guys whose careers were derailed by injury. Like major, major injury, right? And this was this was the year of Yao. And I, I for the listeners, like like I said, I was fourteen at the time. Oh, I remember all, all the all the talks were about Yao. Ever all the draft coverage, and this is the first draft that I ever watched in full. Like this is legitimately the first draft that I ever watched. Um, and I remember all the draft coverage was just here's this seven foot six guy from China. He's got touch. He shoots really well. He's a good defender. It's incredible. He was he was born to do this. He was bred to do this by the Chinese government. Blah 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 blah. No brainer, number one overall pick. Um, and naturally he goes number one. And as I mentioned before, we were before we started recording, I was actually watching his first game, um, with the Rockets against Shaq and. Uh, I gotta say, man, like I'd like to have a quick conversation about Yao Ming, because like he um he had a very short career. Like a very, very short career. Um, made it to the Hall of Fame. His like his all-star resume is one of those things where like the entire continent of Asia basically was voting for him every single year. So he was pretty much a shoe-in as a starter his entire career. Um But he wasn't bad. No. Like he really wasn't bad. How do you guys remember Yao Ming? Uh, sitting on the bench in his suit with a foot injury. No, come on, come on. When what? he was playing, I mean, when he a, was playing, that's how I remember. It. When he, when he was playing. Yeah, I mean, he was really good. He was kind of. He wasn't an exciting player to watch because, like, he's very he's just a massive dude that like was slow and you know played in the post and he didn't have a jump shot. I mean, he was a talented post player. He had an array of post moves. Don't get me wrong, but like, I disagree. I think he had a for for a guy who was seven foot six. I think he had a great jump shot. But see, I also don't really remember that. Like, I just, like, Yao never really interested me, you know? Like, that, this, you're asking how I remember him. This is how I remember him. I remember him as a plotting post player who was kind of a relic from a a time gone by, but he was just this massive, giant man who his listed height of of seven foot five, I'm pretty sure is not accurate. I I believe he's actually taller than that. Um, I think, I, I legit think he's like eight feet tall. Like I see, I've seen pictures of him recently, and I'm like, oh my god, he's eight feet tall. Yeah. It's not even close. <laughs> and he, he, uh, fuck, what was I gonna say? If he had not like uh, basically been, well, he wasn't forced to play for them, but like he was to some degree like kind of forced to play for the Chinese national team. And if he hadn't, we he would probably have had uh, a much longer uh, uh, big problems. Oh well, and it's not only, not only that, but like. At that time in his career, when he gets drafted, he's, what, 20 years old? 22. So he gets drafted at 21, 22. At that point in time, to Tad's point, he was playing a full NBA season and then immediately was playing in the Chinese league. They forced him to play in the Chinese league as well and for the Chinese national team. He was basically playing 12 months a year. It's no wonder why his career ended so soon. when you're that big, too, like, it's just, you you just simply, yeah. I mean, I can. It's crazy. Like I hadn't realized it until I started doing some digging. But I, I fondly remember Yao as. So he couldn't play in today's NBA. No. There's just no way he would never. Like he would. He would not. He wouldn't start. Like he just wouldn't work in this current well, iteration of the NBA. A taco Fall or a Boban. No, not quite I mean, though. Not quite them, because, but... like he's. So the comparison that I heard recently, which was really good, was he was. Basically, like Sean Bradley with great footwork and touch. 
Like that's what he was. He well, was a better massive and, yeah. and, and a better def- because he had good footwork. Like he was, he was fleet of foot considering how big he was. He had soft touch. I think he had, I, I got to pull it up here, but like, I think his free throw percentage for his career, according to this, like 83% from the line for a guy who's seven, seven, six. And like who, who was at the line pretty consistently. Yeah. Like the guy had touch, man. He had a good jumper. He had a nice jump hook, like was, was a pretty good passer and like ball hand, like not ball handler. He's a terrible ball handler. But like, if you gave him the ball at like the free throw line or the top of the key, like he always made a good pass. Like even just, I'm watching this game right now. It's on, it's on the TV behind me. And it's like, you watch him against Shaq at, at the age of 22. And like, He's, he's not dominating him by any chance, but he's definitely giving Shaq a rough time. He's putting up points. He's grabbing boards. The blocks are going to come when you're that big. But, like, I actually remember Yao's game pretty fondly. I thought he was – they did the redraft, and I think he ended up going fourth when they redrafted. I don't think that's crazy if you look at his career. I mean, he finished his career at, like, 19 and 11, shooting, like, 52% from the field. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, like, Yao was a good player. Like, nobody's yeah. arguing that. Like, it just he was boring. I agree. He was incredibly boring. Yeah. He was incredibly slow. Yeah. And didn't yeah. have much success. I mean, the title I think of the episode, one... Incredibly boring, incredibly slow. <laughs> Don't make that the <laughs> that title could... of the episode or nobody will listen. Bro, that <laughs> that could be the definition of like this this five-year stretch that we're talking about here. Like it's it's I have some takes later on the episode. Um but um Nikki, what do you remember about you? Uh I truthfully the only actually like exciting thing i mean he was a good player but again as we've already said multiple times injured all injured all the time and he was very slow and but the one thing i would always remember about him is the blocks because he was such a large man and it was so easy for him to get blocks at times it was legitimately comical and i think that's the thing i remember so much and and also i think why i like players like uh taco fall and uh boban so much because it's like at times when you actually watch these guys play, it is legitimately comical how easy it is for them to put the ball in the basket or for them to make sure you don't put the ball in the basket if in the right, the yeah. right spot. Yao Ming, obviously better because as we already just talked about, better touch, better actual footwork, could move a little bit for how big of a man he was. But all I will ever remember is just some of the ridiculous, ridiculously easy blocks that he could get. Very funny. as a short man who takes I a lot really of I just really remember him. I remember him beefing with Shaq, man. That's yeah. what I remember most. Yeah, that was fun. That and the commercial when they're saying yo, and he's like, no, not yo, yow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about that. Yo, yo. Oh, man. That's it. That's it. It's a bunch of New Yorkers screaming yo, and at the end of it is Yogi Berra, and someone's like, yo, and he's like, no, it's Yogi. I remember that whole commercial. It was for, I believe, American oh, Express. Probably. Probably gonna look. Probably gonna look that up later on. Hell yeah, dude! So, class. Uh, while you're doing that, looking at his looking at his uh, his career, made the playoffs one, two, I think four times total. Won only one series in the playoffs. Um, yeah, but he, and he was generally he, him or T Mac were generally injured for every single playoff yeah. series they had. This this is they true. Were never at full strength. No, this is true. I completely agree. Um, the only team that had any semblance of like a hope was that uh, I think it was the two was it the two thousand eight team that had like the really long win streak. I think it was the two thousand eight two thousand nine team where they had a really long win streak, and he actually played decent for them that year. If we look at two thousand eight two thousand nine, he played. Uh, let's see here, minutes played. Blah, 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 blah. 
trying to think how many uh, games. Oh yeah, he started. He played 70, 77 games that season. Um, they made it to the playoffs, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was the that was the one and only series that they ever won. They beat Portland in the first round, um, and then after that, it was pretty much over. Yeah, yeah. Interesting dude. Interesting career. That entire draft was really interesting. Like uh, Amari Stoudemire. Go ahead. I wanted to talk about that actually. That this draft is very interesting. This might be the greatest role player draft of all time. Yeah. Because Luis interesting also got drafted at this one. Like here, Rajul Butler, pretty solid role player for. He was a good role player for a long time. He spent like ten plus years in the in the freaking in the league. Uh, Darius Sangalia, pretty decent role player. Spent like Man. ten years in the league or eight eight years in the league. He played. I'm pretty sure he played in Chicago. Uh, he did. <laughs> he did. Roger Mason Jr. Pretty solid role player. Had one. Like, he was fine. He had one like he was really fine. good. Also, year with also Spurs. played with the Bulls. Yeah, got right. drafted by the Bulls actually. John Sammons, pretty good role player. I mean, he had some seasons where he put up some big numbers, but like he was never more than like, you know, like if, if John Sammons was like your third option. At best, you were screwed. <laughs> like John yeah. Sammons needed to be like your fourth or fifth option. Um, yeah. Hey, as fucking a, as Ninod, a Ninod Kristich, pretty good role player. <laughs> Spent like eight seasons in the league. Chris Wilcox, good role player. Spent like yeah. fifteen or ten or ten to fifteen seasons, whatever it was. I think probably about ten years. Uh, I was gonna say Nene, but Nene, well, Nene really wasn't like that great. Like he was like a fourteen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nene was great. Nene's. If you do this draft over again, Nene's a Nene's a, a top five pick. Sure. Well, he was. Didn't he, he go was like seven. six, seven? He was yeah. seven. Uh, the top top five pick, no no question, was really solid on those Denver teams, especially when they made it deep into the playoffs with Melo and Chauncey Billups. Was really good late in his career with Washington and recently with Houston. Like Nene is super underrated. I, should, I don't think that I guy gets nearly enough these respect. These guys are all role players, but like like it was a a a, a good draft for like. NBA play like guys that can play at the level but are not going to be stars like a, a superstar really like there were a lot of yeah. good role players because the next guy I'm gonna name here Matt Barnes like 15 years in the league yeah Luis, even Mike Dunleavy like Luis Mike Dunleavy I was like, getting to Mike Dunleavy Luis Scola like had a pretty solid career um Juan Dixon <laughs> well I was gonna just about to say Juan Dixon um <laughs> yeah man like there there were there are a lot of guys on this list. And also, how dare you slander Rajul Butler? You bastard. Look, RIP, but he was fine. He was just fine. Uh, one guy that, that really stood out to me that like I was obsessed with as a kid and he sucked, which not really his fault. He was you know, dealing with a lot of health and uh, injury issues. But Dewan Wagner, was there a sucked, cooler man. fucking player than Dewan Wagner? Bro. I loved I loved Dewan Wagner. Now Dewan Wagner had a rough childhood and a rough go at it. Like John Calipari, Calipari literally pushed him out of Memphis, told him he couldn't come back. So that's why he went into the draft. Um, but like, it just yeah, it's just weird because like he's like one of the greatest players in New Jersey State history, and then just freak freak health issues. I think it was a spleen, if I remember correctly, it some shit like that. Like lower in te- there it is. Page pulled up. Was he had to have half his colon removed. He also, yeah, as a, a high colon. school, as a high school freshman, he averaged twenty-seven points a game. As a sophomore, he averaged thirty-five points a game in fucking high school. If I remember correctly, I think he scored a hundred points like multiple times. That wouldn't Let's surprise see me. Here. At least once. 
I don't see that. Oh, yes, on January. Oh, on my birthday. When I turned 10 years old, he scored 100 points against Camden County Tech. Oh, happy was, birthday. He was, he was 42. Uh, he, he shot 61 shots and made 42 of them. That is hella wow. efficient. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you that there are some very serviceable players here. There's some really interesting ones. Like I, like we talked about Mike Dunleavy very, very briefly, but like definitely got drafted too high, but like really good player for a really long time. That guy shot 39% from three for his career and was yeah, like, Mike Dunleavy like was in Indiana, was a, I think was like 19 a game to the back. His back just never could hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think Mike Dunleavy actually does better in today's NBA than 100%. when he was playing. Like he's like six, six, nine power forward who stretches the floor and can guard three positions. Like very valuable in today's oh, NBA. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's really uh, born too soon. It's really interesting when you think about that too. Like guys that did not play well in different eras of the league that like could actually be good players now. Like I think a lot oh, yeah. of times what we like to do is we like to look back. We're like this guy from the eighties couldn't play now. He'd be, he'd average four points a game but like there's some guys from like the 80s and 90s who like in the early 2000s who would be better served playing in the oh, current sure. generation than they were playing at their time they like were averaging oh, averaging yeah. four points a game in the 80s and now they would be able to yeah. average 24 <laughs> that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah but even like guys like like amari would be great in today's game oh, for sure karam butler would be solid into late today's game like there's a lot of like there's a lot of guys in this in this draft that were really solid tayshawn would crush like probably be like a str- like a small four um, Karan Butler is one of my, I don't know if I'd say top 10, but top 15 for sure. Favorite players of all time. Hmm. Yeah. Super underrated. Like very, very underrated as far as like a guy who like, like in, in Miami was great. Gets traded to the Lakers for Shaq is great for the Lakers. Gets traded to Washington is an all-star in Washington with Gilbert Arenas, who we'll talk about later. And Antoine Jameson, like really, really strong career. And then like kind of trickled, went to Dallas, unfortunately got hurt right before they won the championship, which really fucking sucks. Cause I really wanted that for him. And like all signs points to like when he was in OKC, they fucking love that guy. Like good teammate, like Longtime NBA player wrote a book. Apparently, people love it because he had a rough, rough childhood. Yeah. Um. So interesting, dude. Can we talk about Jay Williams for a second? Hold on, I got, I got two things. Number one, Karan Butler will also forever like be remembered by me for the Jim Calhoun, uh, press conference where they 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 got beat by Providence, uh, and Ryan Gomes who was playing at Providence uh, at the time. Robin Go- uh, Ryan Gomes, uh, longtime NBA player, uh, and he's like. I can't I can't offer every player. I can't take every player. I took Ameka Okafor and Karan Butler. They're not bad. They're not bad. <laughs> and he's like and then he says like he's like he's like fuck me. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. If you've never seen it before, watch it. It's gold. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say, not Karan Butler related, but DeJuan Wagner, I was reading his Wikipedia page, and my favorite stat here is uh, on October 12, 2015, he attempted to return to basketball and planned to sign with the Amera League. However, the league folded days later after it was discovered that the founder was a con artist. Whoa. Jesus. That's wild. Oh not great. No, not great, not great at all. Ugh, that's terrible. Um, let's talk about Jay Williams for a little bit. Jay Williams, who at this point in time was highly, highly, highly touted, you know, championship caliber player at Duke, um, a guy who like everybody thought 
could have actually been the number one overall pick in this draft. Thought he was a much higher caliber player than Yao. Um, and frankly, had an okay rookie season. Like, looking at his numbers, he shot like 39% from the field, which is not great. And only averaged like 9.5 points per game. But like, also put up a triple-double against Jason Kidd. So there were some flashes where you're like, okay, this is this is real. And as a Bulls fan, like, I remember at that time, again, this was the first draft that I ever watched, praying praying that we got Jason Williams and it made the most sense and you draft him you're like this is going to be our point guard for the next 15 years I cannot wait he was so he was so fundamentally sound he was a good shooter he was speedy and strong like everything about him was awesome and then that one fateful night man just Nikki do you remember that uh yes I remember being I remember when someone when I found out I don't remember whose but i was this is gonna sound weird i was in the van but i don't remember whose van it was it was a friend of Dude, mine you were, you were you were 12 why were you in a van, uh, it was a friend van, of some, guy, van. some guy pulled up alongside the road and said hey little boy there's free candy in here <laughs> oh my god no, i think it, was, it had something to do with sports uh but yeah somebody <laughs> some i was in the car with said hey man i got a whole bunch of i've got balls in here, in here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember 100%, but it, it is, in fact, I think I think it was my friend Joey's car. For some weird reason, his face keeps popping in my mind. But, yeah, uh, his it's because his dad is the person who told me. Like His dad uh, was, like, listening to something and was like, oh, my God. He's like, and he was the one who told me. So fucking terrible, man. And, like, he, uh, he wrote a book about his recovery process because he actually he ended up getting addicted to painkillers throughout that process because he was just, like, he had no choice but to pop them. Um, played that one season, tried to make a comeback on a few occasions, like had a had a, a, a summer camp invitation um, to play with the New Jersey Nets. That ended up not working out. Um, he's made now he's done well for himself a, a, after the fact, like he's he's doing the college basketball commentary now. Um, he's got a lot of different foundations. He's doing some things with LeBron James to educate the youth. So like he's definitely made the best for himself but i don't i can't help but believe that jay williams would have had a long successful career in the in the nba am i wrong tad no jay williams would have was supremely overrated like going into the league i I don't think he would have whoa he wouldn't have been that good what i disagree i can't I, i think he had he had a rough rookie season and he's talked about this coming from Duke where they were winning on the regular to then come to the Bulls and like he just he didn't adjust well to losing. Um, loved playing with Jalen Rose, but like it wasn't easy. That team wasn't bad either. Like that team could have fought for like the eighth seed in his rookie season. He just didn't play really well. But I, I there was just he there was glimpses here and there throughout that rookie season where you're like this guy. I think he ended up making NBA rookie second team that year. And there were just glimpses of him where you're like, there's there's some real potential here, man. I really I think so. I just I didn't think he was gonna be that good. I never did. Well, and I liked him at Duke. We'll never know. We'll never know. You know? We'll I liked know. him I liked him at Duke. Also, um like interesting that him and, and Dunleavy went back to back and like yeah. Yeah, two teammates. I think first time maybe. first time ever and then happened again with uh with um Michael Kidd Gilchrist and Anthony Davis. But I think that was the first time ever that teammates went back to back in the draft. Mm, that's wild. But, like yeah. in the top in the top five specifically. I, I just I truly just don't think that Jay Williams' game translated well to the NBA. That's just what I that's just what I think. I also have seen his penis, you know. So like, 
you know, there's that. Some, were you in a van? <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. No, uh, uh, I was on my phone. Good on, lord! On the internet. Okay. If you good guys don't lord. know, he—I uh, don't know if he still does—but he was involved with Carissa Thompson, a uh, Fox Sports personality. Uh, there are several videos of her in various states of undress across the internet. You can find them if you search Carissa Thompson and then any sort of sexual thing following her name. Um, when those photos were originally dumped, uh, there were also some photos, uh, some nude photos of uh, of Jay, Jay Williams. Williams. I got to tell you, guys, got he's got some penis. <laughs> can we make that the title of the episode? I just want to have that be the cold he's open. Got some penis. <laughs> Jay got Williams. Some he's got some penis. I just want to have Tad saying that. We'll think about it. <laughs> I mean, you can still just make that, even if it's not the title of the episode. We're at about 55 uh, minutes in. You yeah. might as well just mark that down. Uh, another question for you guys. If you're redrafting, where does Carlos Boozer fall in this draft? Fifth? Uh, redrafting? Oh. I mean, number one's clearly Amari. Yeah. He's top ten. Yeah. Hundred percent top five. I think he's top five. I think he might. I think he might might be number three. He might be number two. (laughs) I agree. I think so too. I think he might be number two. I agree. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's Amari. I think it's Carlos Boozer, and then I think it's Karan Butler. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I would go with too. And then Yaming four, Nene five. Yeah. Like I'm just. Yeah. I mean, like, dude. Like even like. even the last year's last year of 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 Boozer's career, he still played seventy one games and averaged twelve and seven. Shot fifty percent from the floor. He was never a bad yeah. player, but if he was the he was best a bad player, he was a bad he was he was, he was a, bad a terrible defender. defender. Yes, the bad, worst. Yes, yeah. terrible bad defender does not does not do it justice. He was a a terrible nice. defender. He was he he did however. Uh, really up his game in the play. He was a great player in the play. Oh yeah, that those Jazz teams were so fun, dude. With him and Deron Williams, Mamet Akor, fucking uh, Andre Kirilenko, like those teams, so much fun. Also, Andre Kirilenko, another guy, super super underrated, incredibly underrated for like a long time was an all star. Too Utah. many video games. Yeah, his wife let <laughs> him. Got, fu- his wife let him fuck one other woman. Uh, just per year. come on, dude! And just best wife of the year. No, wife man, of the that's decade. Uh, it's too much pressure. That's a lot of pressure. It's no. Too much pressure. You it's know? good. Does she like, know what she's doing? It's like we're you know we're we're halfway through the year and it's like oh man, oh, I haven't had sex really, yet. This chick, this chick's really hot, but like, what if there's a hotter one? You know? And then like <laughs> it's the end of the year and you're like, fuck, I gotta use this thing, but like the hottest <laughs> chick was that one from six months ago. Why didn't I just do it then? Like that sounds like <laughs> nightmare. It's torture. Fucking torture, terrible. man. Um, I will say this: Carlos Boozer, or Carlos Boozer could not play today. No. Like 100 percent retired at the right time. And played during the right period of time because his his game, the back of the basket, kind of like bruising power forward, who like would do the fadeaway jumpers. That doesn't work today. No. It just doesn't. No, I mean, he, he um, used to shoot like the eighteen footer and yell, "Grab that shit, Joe! Grab that shit, Joe!" Yeah, that's fine. I look. I, I love Boozer. Oh, that was the best. Right that the fucking that gag, that gif is great. He once um, spray painted hair. On <laughs> his and it's head. also true. He sharpied his head once. It was real weird. Not a fan. <laughs> I, he, I, I forget. I, I, I forget thing. how he explained I, it, but he was talking about it. And he was like, "Yeah, man." Basically, they told me they're like, "No, man. Like, it, it, it looks. It, it'll look like real hair." And then he's like, "I did it." Was like, "Oh shit!" Oh my god, dude, it's so good. Um, let's move on to the next topic here. 
In this season, a one Gilbert Arenas wins most improved player and thus starts this four-year period, basically, where Gilbert Arenas is one of the top 10 players in the NBA, 15 for sure, um, during his Wizards tenure. Um and then he proceeds to make the all-star team for the next three years. So this four-year period is where Gilbert Arenas really takes off. Now, here's a guy who got drafted in the second round by Golden State, was not expected to be anything, wore the number zero because that's how many people believed in him. That's dope. Um, and then plays for those We Believe fucking... Well, actually, no, he didn't play for the We Believe Golden State Warriors, but he played for the Golden State Warriors when they were pretty solid, like still kind of like one of these underling teams. I think it was like him and Matt Barnes and a couple other people. Um, And then gets traded to the Wizards um, and just like takes off. Like really, really takes off. Who does Gilbert Arenas most remind you guys of in the current NBA? Current NBA? It's a tough one. Isaiah Thomas. Ooh, that's an interesting one. A, a very short, a short burst. No, I think Damian Lillard has more longevity though. Um, yeah, but like his, I'm saying like I. So I agree with both of you guys in the sense that like very small window of success, but like incredibly explosive, yeah, like Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I mean, but like, a, look, a game I'm that not, resembled I'm not, I'm names. Not, I'm not trying to talk about. Yeah, I'm not trying to talk about like his career. I guess that's true. Uh, I just went straight for arc. career. I'm just, I'm just trying to talk about like. Who? Um, trying to think. Like, let me let me think about this a little bit. Just I still me. think I like I like that comparison. I, think I mean, Thomas can work for that sort of situation because Isaiah Thomas is a guy who could just score at will. Get, was Gilbert Arenas very good at defense? I don't think he was. It was just okay. okay. He wasn't very. He good, was just though. fine. Yeah, just fine. Um, I mean, Isaiah Thomas is kind of atrocious at defense, but like. You, you know, you could put some schemes around him that would work, kind of. But well, when you're five I mean, foot four, it's hard to defend. Right, it's hard. it's quite it's quite difficult, quite difficult to do. Um, I mean, look, when he's in Washington, he's averaging twenty five points a game. He's shooting eighty percent from the line, forty eight percent. Oh no, wait, thirty seven percent from three, thirty six percent from three, um, forty two percent from the field overall, with six assists a game, two steals a game, and like. Four four boards a game, like started the age, really started the age of like these like scoring point guards, like these scoring first point guards that ended up taking over the league for a while there. But like the dude was fucking hibachi, bro. Like I remember, I loved watching Gilbert Arenas, dude. Loved watching Gilbert Arenas. His no game chill, was so no fun. No Gil, brother. Dude, my man, I loved Gilbert Arenas. Like him, I during that period it was like. My favorite players to watch were him, Tracy McGrady, um, fuck. LeBron? Well, no, because LeBron wasn't even in the league this year yet. Well, I, I know, but I thought Le- we were just talking like this sort of. Yeah, this, this, like, but time, but like his his three-year his three year arc, though, like this was by the, by the end of his like three-year all-star stint, it was LeBron's second season. So it's like, it's no, just not. No, 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 no. Yes. yes. Dude, Gilbert Arenas' best year was 05, 06. And his second best year was oh six oh seven. Yeah, I think it, I think his, it's a little bit longer. His his, his two thousand five six two thousand six season, he led no. the league in scoring. Yeah, oh five oh six oh six oh seven. That's what I'm saying. You guys are both saying yeah. the same thing. But Jay, so it's not what? Three, it's three not years, years in? It's five three, years. Three, three, four years in. So it's four years. Like that was we we had he five years. LeBron, LeBron well, four years. 
So, all right, fine. Yeah, yeah. four fine. years. That's what I'm saying. Um, you fucker. Fine. <laughs> I will say this, though, really quick. My Isaiah Thomas thing might actually be 100% correct because he also has a four-year uh, stint where he pretty much is averaging 25 points per game. Yeah. And similar sort of numbers, less steals. He's only averaging about one steal per game, six assists per game, and Bro, about three rebounds. It's quite I comparable. Didn't, I didn't realize how inefficient Gilbert Reese was. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. He was a chucker. Well, because he was fucking chucking, bro. He didn't give a shit, man. Yeah, I mean, you just, like, it's funny, like, you, you look back on the, like, because, like, I, I, I feel like it's almost like you, you become, like, you know, like, your father in, in this regard where, like, you know, now I watch the game and I'm like, that's a bad shot. That's a bad, yeah. bad, that's a bad well, shot. That's what, but he you was know, like, you he know, was doing and, and that like, shit back then. Like, where he was just fucking chucking. But that's dude. what I'm saying though. Is when I was like 15, you know, 14, 15, it was like, yo, this guy's dope. He was nine of 35 from the floor, but he scored 30 points, and that's fucking <laughs> sick. And like, it's just funny that like I, I look at his numbers now, and I'm like, Jesus, man, he scored 28 points. Yeah, sure, while shooting 41 percent from the floor, like. And I like I look at that now, and like as an adult, I'm like, man, like I'm boring. Like I'm like, oh man, like those shooting percentages are terrible. What if you involved your teammates more? You might have won more games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> as a kid, though, I was like, dude, fucking Gilbert Arenas is sick, dude. He scores 28 <laughs> points a game. And those dope ass gold jerseys, which I maintain to this day, get the worst rap of jerseys of all time. Those gold and black wizard jerseys were dope. They were dope. I was not a fan. Disagree. So, yeah, I, I disagree. You're wrong. Fan of the gold ones. <laughs> I, that's fine. You can say what you want to say. I, just, what, like, uh, just, I, I don't. Under, I don't understand what people did not like about them. It's too much gold. <sighs> yeah, I don't know what it was. It was just they just looked weird. I didn't like. I don't know. I didn't like. I, I didn't like. No, them. I'm gonna say it right now. Gold is a secondary or accent color, and that's on art. But they they were they were it was sort of an accent color because they had those black shorts, dude. I remember playing NBA 2K and I would. Always, always, always switch to those jerseys <laughs> if I played as the Wizards. <laughs> I would those need, are tight, um, man. Can I can I ask for a, a a quick, just a very quick like transition to a topic that we should have covered last week, but I kind of want to cover now. Okay. Uh, hold on. I just want to say, like, if we're gonna wrap up Gilbert Arenas, uh, Gilbert Arenas, uh, crazy guy, legitimately insane, <laughs> super talented basketball player. Poorly or unfortunately, his career was derailed by injuries and threatening to kill one of his teammates in the locker room and bringing guns in and telling him to pick which one he wanted to get murdered with. Having God, said that, bro. he is hilarious on Instagram. He does seem like he's matured a little bit. He he's does got a decent to, podcast. He, he he tries. I did not know he had one. I'm gonna probably give that a listen. Um, he he also does. had a sports show with uh, um, oh, what's the Indian porn star's name? Oh um, yeah, Mia Khalifa. Mia yeah, Khalifa. Yeah, yeah. He had a fucking sports show with Mia Sad Khalifa. Sad that for I like do that years. right off the top of my head, but you know. What I mean? <laughs> talk about that so anyway uh no but also though like he he does seem like he's he tries to give good advice to like some of the younger star players um via social media which i, I kind of appreciate um and he loves yeah man shout out shout out sh- i was just about to say shout out no chill gill follow him on instagram and watch him like just terrorize nick young and nick young's son oh, it's so much fun <laughs> it's dude so it's funny. so great it's so funny Anyway, I love we, we him. Can proceed, I love him. I just wanted to talk about that. I wanted to take a a brief step back to something that I forgot to bring up last week or forgot to put on the rundown that I was I actually wanted to talk about because it was actually a big part of my NBA fandom, and it was the two thousand one two thousand two L A Clippers. Um, 
We talking Darius Miles. Darius Miles. We talking Darius Miles, Lamar Odom, Elton Lamar. Brand, Quentin Richardson, Richardson, like Earl Boykins, Keon Dooling, Corey McGaddy, Jeff McK- Jeff McKinnis. Yeah, you know what that is? Uh, that's a bunch Eric Piatkowski. That's a bunch of solid role players. As we talked about it, earlier with the draft. Listen, Dude, Corey, man. Corey McGetty, though, was a legitimate bucket. He could yeah, do he could nothing score. else. But Not he could shit. score from anywhere. He's like a little Corey McGetty is actually a guy man. who would be... Corey McGetty would be a great player in today's league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Undersized he, power forward. Shoot the three. Can beat yeah. you off the dribble. I agree. Corey McGetty would be a, a good player in today's league. I agree. I mean, long for a long period of his career was like somewhere between like... 18 to 22 a game for long stretches yeah. and like was good. I mean, look, man, he didn't do much else. But no he scored points. No, that's it. Yeah. He was very boring. Like didn't shoot a lot of free throws, which was like no. a big shot. threes, yeah. Shot mid range jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> he scored and a lot was of athletic as all fuck. But I remember that team was so fun to me because they had that, that short series on ESPN where they followed them around and like, that's where, like, we are all introduced to the knuckleheads. Like, I remember playing basketball, and, like, that was, like, everybody wanted to do the knucklehead thing. Like, every score, every time you scored a basket, you fucking hit your head. Like, Dude. that was the coolest fucking thing in the world to me at that point in time. When I was, when I was playing basketball in high school, we used to do it. People, somebody hit a three, and people stand up off the bench and <laughs> do the knucklehead yeah. thing. And, like, was so I was great. in high school so long after that, too. Like, I know. You know what I mean? Like, I was a senior <laughs> in high school in 2008, 2009. Oh, like, people were still... We were still doing it. I love it, dude. And I was the best. I remember at the time being such a big fan of them too because they had Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson who were both from Chicago, and it was just like, oh, here's two Chicago guys on the same team who grew up together. They're they're both these like young first round talents. Darius Miles at the time, I thought was going to be the next. I thought he was going to be the next T Mac. I was like, this guy, he's long, he's athletic, like. That was the point in time where, like, we way overvalued athleticism. Yeah. Um, Dude, I, I, like, I, way honestly, I think if overvalued. there's any time that we overvalue athleticism, now. we're we're at that point now. It's it's you it's think gotten so? worse. I think it's yes. yeah, I don't know. I think it's starting to get real bad. I I feel like, like now no offense, in today's is game, Mo Bamba good because he's athletic, but I don't think he's good. No, Mo Bamba sucks. No, yes. Mo Bamba's trash. See? Mo Bamba's ass. trash. But here's he so ass. here's. Here's here's where I would here's here's where I would argue. I agree that we we do focus on athleticism today, but because of the nature of the of the NBA, l- back then it was like big dude, really athletic. Now it's like here's a guy who's like this six, let's say six eight to six ten guy who can also stretch the floor and like appears to have a good stroke from three and is athletic. Like that, there's yeah, that kind of like that so much. There's there's a lot of guys that get drafted on that p word. You know what I'm talking about potential. Potential. And Mark there's a lot of Chris. guys, a lot of guys oh, that get drafted God. on on that potential. Dra- Dragon Bender. I'm, Dragon I mean, Bender. Dude. Phoenix, come <laughs> on, give it to us, baby. <laughs> Alex Land, push it on over. Oh, Phoenix, not athletic. Oh, not athletic. Example is. Aaron Gordon. Yep. I still maintain that Aaron Gordon in a in a different system would be much better off. Had he not been going back and forth three four three four three four three four for like five years, I think he'd be a much better player at this point yeah, in his you're career. Probably right. But I'm just saying, I'm just I really him do. as an example. There's a lot of guys these days. Anthony Bennett got drafted on potential because he was athletic as all hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and but also but also was a guy who in college could stretch the floor and was incredibly dominant. Sure. Um, so let's move on to the last topic of the night, which is this is the first season of the Spurs 
Tim Duncan, Manu, Tony Parker championship that really kicked off the dynasty. Who is um, uh, Greg Popovich? Oh, some, oh sorry. I, I thought I thought no, you were no. I thought you were reading the answer to the question. Nope. We were gonna nope. jeopardy oh, it. So. Nope. Wasn't my, it? Wasn't my, it? My mistake. <laughs> I have a I have a hot take. Over the last couple of weeks that we've been watching basketball, and taking in these last two seasons in particular, I think oh, man, Tim Duncan you. is the reason why the NBA was so bad at this point in time. And here, let me let explain, me make my case. Explain. Let me let me make my case. Good. Let, no, no, no. I'm I'm not arguing that. Let me make my case. So when you look at the periods of the NBA that were the most entertaining, right? You had the '80s with Bird and Magic, both of whom were electrifying players, incredibly fun to watch. Then you move over to MJ, another electrifying, athletic, like incredible incredible competitor really fun to watch then for a little period there you get like young Shaq slash young kobe fun to watch like really athletic and then we get into this period for two years by the way where the nets and jason kidd who we talked about last week has this old man game are dominating the eastern conference and then this season where Shaq was hurt, so that led to a weird Lakers season. And the Spurs going to the championship, winning against the Nets. This might be the most boring championship. I don't remember watching any of these games. I do for some weird-ass reason. I also I also remember watching them as well. I don't remember watching any of them. None of them really are on my radar. And my point being, Tim Duncan incredibly incredibly talented the greatest power forward in the history of the game there's no doubt about it really boring to watch i remember What's interesting go ahead i literally just want to say i remember watching the finals and this this does prove jay's point correct but this is what i remember about watching that finals i remember watching it at our aunt and uncle's house and our uncle jeff at one, multiple times and it was in fact anytime jason kidd or tim duncan would do something say something along the lines of like oh that's classic basketball Oh yeah, he got talking about fundamentals. He was, he was like, "That's fundamental. That's good funda- fundamental basketball." Dudes, and I'm like, "Those two dudes, <laughs> no f- good fundamental basketball, but good fundamental basketball is boring as shit." But this is this is this is my point. The most electrifying players at that point in time weren't having the same level of team success. So like guys like Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, like this season in particular, and for the next couple seasons, were just like nowhere to be found because they didn't have deep playoff runs. So the deep playoff runs were made by like the Spurs and the Nets and the Celtics who at that time were like really tough. That was a really tough watch. Like the, Anton Walker just chucking it. Yeah. He shoots threes cause there are no fours, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, what I'm, what I'm, what I, what I want to talk about though is Tim Duncan. Yes. Was boring at that time because that was a time of bad basketball, and sure. what's very interesting is that, and we've we've we beat that horse to death. I, I understand that, but I'm I'm gonna keep talking about it because, as much as I loved the memories that I had of this time of basketball in my youth, watching this, uh, it was bad. I mean, if you go back and watch it now, you're like, this is atrocious basketball. And what's interesting is that the Spurs pioneered what is honestly like. The, the sort of grandfather to, like, the modern-day basketball that we know now. 
Like, yeah, to some extent. Th- I would without, agree with that. Without those early, they were all about making the extra passes, doing the right things. Like, uh, you know, dribble penetration from a, an attacking point guard. Like, there was a lot of similarities to what we see. And, like, I'm not saying that, like, you know, that you, you, you look at, you watch the Spurs game from 2003 and you're like, damn, that looks like the Warriors from 2017 because that's not what it is. But it was the it was a precursor to what that Warriors 2017 offense, um, you know, ultimately was. It was a precursor sure. to the modern game. And it's so funny that you think about that and you're like, back then I was like, god damn, these guys are boring. The Big Fundamental, what a terrible nickname. Tim Duncan stinks. And what's so funny to me about that, too, is that towards the end of Tim Duncan's career, from, like, 2008 to, like, 2013, and, you know, what did he retire in, 15? Uh, Yeah, has it been three? No, I think it's only been, like, three years, no? Maybe four? I'm honestly not exactly sure when he retired just because, like, time just starts to kind of, you know run together but either way it's so funny is it like towards the end of his career when he was like you know this like older guy that like and like this older like nba player like people he, he became a more beloved star than he had been you know what i mean like people yeah. like i like people loved him it was like oh man old man timmy's still out there getting it Spurs are still contenders. Spurs are winning 60 games this year. And 15 years prior, or not 15 years, but like 10 years prior, people were like, my God, this guy is good, but he's so fucking boring. And yeah. it, it's just very interesting when you I really also think, think about because the fact what, that... What happened was he was ahead. no longer... I was going to say, I think what happens, he was no longer like the face of the NBA, like the person you constantly saw. Was Tim Duncan ever the face of the NBA though? No, I guess he never. He won, I mean, he won. He won NBA MVP back to back. You can win fucking MVP. Doesn't mean you're the face of the league. The early 2000s face of the league was Kobe or Shaq, yeah, or Tracy McGrady or Vince Carter or Allen Iverson. Honestly, it's all five of those guys. Who I had a poster of all five of them, and Latrell Sprewell was on it randomly too. But he's <laughs> not, I mean, we're not going to talk about that. It was called. Uh, it was uh, the poster said the highlight zone. Ooh. And it was like all of them like jumping through the air, like doing like sick dunks. Like, That's amazing. Tight, but like Tim Duncan was, was, I think what happened is just like they, it became like these crazy athletic wild players who were finally making deep runs, like, uh, like what Jay's saying. But still, that old man and that old man game was still making deep runs as well. That's why everybody's like, less annoyed with him and more like oh, that's a fun little commodity because he's not the only like all-star we get to watch in the playoffs yeah i mean he was the he was just frankly just he was never never the face of the league no nah, but he i you think know, it, like he was finally like, i was just gonna say he's go like a superstar that Sorry. <laughs> you, you fuckers, Jay. man. Fuck you. We can't we, help Jay, it. We almost did Same it. exact mindset here. I was to say, I think um, for like Tim Duncan, in these years, he's like the one of the superstars who's just constantly making deep runs and like you constantly see because he was such a great player, but you're like, he's such a boring player. But then he, later on, in, as his career went on, there was so many great superstars making putting up great numbers that were fun to watch that then all of a sudden he was just like a fun little niche thing to look at every once in a while because he wasn't the only player putting up amazing numbers anymore. I think that's why in his later career so many people were like, yeah, old man Tim. Yeah. I, I will say this. 
it was really fun to watch a young Tony Parker and a young Manu Ginobili. Like it was really fun to watch them kind of coming into their own. Um, and this team was deep, like fucking Steve Smith, Malik Rose, David Robinson, Tony Parker, Steve Kerr, Steven Jackson, Manu, Danny Ferry, Tim Duncan, Speedy Claxton, who I think put up like 17 a game in this, in, in this, in this entire finals. Um, Bruce Bowen, like, really really deep team and like watching i think i watched like game one and the nba youtube channel just posted the clinching game um like a couple days ago so i watched that one and like like the spurs came back from from like deep like i think they were down by like 15 at one point maybe 12 or something and uh that team was fun to watch like now watching it like to tad's point through through a, a through a different lens now watching it with with let's call it a more refined uh, view of of basketball, For you, it's, it's a really it's fun team. Eyes. Hey man, come on, dude. Twenty twenty over here, bro. Um, <laughs> everything's clear. Um, as is the basketball. It was a really fun team to watch. That Nets team was a little bit rough to watch. Um, like Kenyon Kenyon Martin had a pretty good series. Like, but I don't know. That team was it was a it was an interesting team. Like getting rid of Keith Van Horn. Like, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was watching the game yesterday. I was just thinking to myself, like, this is, this is why everybody thought that the NBA sucked during this period is because the two, arguably the two most dominant players during this two year stretch were some of the most boring basketball players yep. that you could possibly yeah. watch. hundred percent. I don't disagree with you. Anyways, um, any other things that you guys wanted to mention on the Spurs or on the 2003 NBA season? Oh, do we want to go through, uh, um, through awards? Oh, yeah. I mean, do we? I mean, I think this is the year. Uh, can you guys, Tim can Duncan you guys won? peep the link? I peep, did peep, peep the link, link, and I do want to talk about that real quick. Jay, while you look up the awards, so I 100% know who it, it is. Um, Jay, I need you to, Jay, I need you to peep the link, man. Uh, on, for the bro. folks listening, Tad sent us a link, and said link is to the picture that he was describing, uh, the poster that the he poster had as a kid. I had hanging, I on, my, I had hanging to, on my closet door. I need everyone to understand. <laughs> it's called the Highlight Zone. Shaquille O'Neal, probably one of the most famous dunkers of all time, is dribbling in the picture. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, 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 and Tracy well. McGrady, Tracy McGrady oh. is clearly doing a dunk, but like in the way that the, the that it's formatted, it, it looks like he's like standing and like like gonna hit you over the head with the ball. Um, yep. My favorite thing is the <laughs> caption. In the new millennium, the world embarks on a journey into a wondrous land where only boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, <laughs> the highlights. The highlights. This poster was sick as hell, though, dude. I had that on my closet door. Uh, it might actually still be on the closet door of my my, my childhood bedroom. <laughs> it was from, like, 2001. I really sick hope so. as hell. I really hope so. Um, oh, I'm getting a weird link here. Anywho, um... So let's go through. Oh, you know what? I had that poster. I had that poster. I thought it looked familiar. I had that same. We had that same exact poster in our room. Wow. The same one. <laughs> the same I one. It looked, and I, I and like, I got it because of T Mac. I wanted. I wanted it because it had T Mac. Yeah, the T Mac. I had that same poster and the Vince Carter one because I was so happy the to see him on the there. The T Mac wow. pose. The T Mac pose is the one I remember the most, and Shaq dribbling the ball. Oh, and oh. Shaq. Shaq has a weird mustache in in that in that photo. Like, there's like, like a, a weird dad mustache stash. thing going on. Like, you don't like it's it's very weird. But like, I always just remember like like Nikki's point. Like Shaq, 
the the most dominant, aggressive, dunking big man maybe that we've ever seen is fucking putting the ball in the deck in his poster. <laughs> I can't believe that. We're we're call poster guys. All I did want to mention Google this: the highlight zone NBA poster, folks, and you'll find it. Yes, it's a classic. Many of you probably had it. Great. Stuff. I did. In my 2003 playoff game watching uh, over the last week, I watched game one of the Pistons, who we'll talk a lot more about next week, um, Pistons versus Magic series. The only game that the Magic won in that series where T-Mac fucking goes off, dunks on Ben Wallace. And do you remember the fucking reverse layup that he did where he like was just yeah, off yeah, the ground yeah, yeah. and fucking... Oh my, I totally that forgot that about series. that. And I'm watching a game and I'm just like, oh, it was just that game, Damn. that first game of the series. It was incredible. He dominated and then they lost every game after that. <laughs> I also want to point it's out, so sad. Uh, because as I was doing the research and I, I said all of them, this, this is really the year that the Pistons get their final pieces for what will, you know, what's to come. Just, just, just about. about next next season. Next season is the season, which, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about them a yeah, lot next next episode. And I want to talk. Well, I can't wait to talk about is how like nobody really. I don't think people really loved those those Pistons teams. Zero respect. You know, you know who liked those Pistons teams? Your dad. Your dad liked those Pistons teams. <laughs> I, you're right. He and did. You know why? You know who? And and because he hated the Lakers and he hated Kobe. Yep. They hated Kobe. Yep. And your the dad was like, "Your dad was like, this is what this is. This is too flashy, Kobe." <laughs> like, dude, fuck off, dad. Kobe's <laughs> fucking met, dope as hell. Met my dad. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, um, because your dad is everybody's dad when it comes to the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Also, oh, your dad is. Uh, we talked about him earlier, but Brian Cardinal, your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Not my dad, bro. <laughs> Dad, Not my man. dad, bro. Brian my, Cardinal's that, everybody's dad. Brian Cardinal yeah, you, is you, what is what you. everybody's dad looked like checking into an NBA. You're like, look, you. it's my dad out there. You have hey, you have dad. not met my father. My you know? my my father is uh, <laughs> who would I compare my dad to? Did you know? Did you know that his, his Benny nickname, Blanco. <laughs> his nickname, uh, uh, Brian Cardinal's nickname at Purdue, uh, was the janitor. Because he cleaned up the boards. <laughs> Ooh, I just remembered. Or, I'm or sorry. Just... Excuse me. His other nickname was the custodian. I couldn't remember <laughs> if it was one or the other. Turns out it was both. Wow. Why not? Um, my dad. Sorry. Oh, just on the whole nickname. In high school, when I played baseball and I was a pitcher, my nickname was the janitor because my coach literally said, "I put you in when everyone fucks up and you clean the messes." That was Zook. That's Good. what he used to say to me. You'd be like, get in there, solid janitor. Nickname. I'm like, thanks, coach. I just solid, figured out. A tight nickname, man. Brian Cardinal is your dad. My dad is that old man who's on crutches and then throws them and starts dancing. I'm sure everybody has seen that video. Yeah, yeah. The very old man that grabbed. That's my dad. Yeah. That's my 100%. dad. That My dad is I, not Brian Cardinal. I kind of thought maybe your dad was Carlos Arroyo. <laughs> I was <laughs> going to so say it. I was like, you know, it's fine. It's pretty damn close. That, the, that Olympic series where Puerto Rico beat the U S that was the first time ever that I rooted against the U S. Oh man. We, we, have we oh, gotten to that yet? So no, that's, that no, no, that's okay. way later. Way later. No, it's one more year. It's 04, I thought. Is it? Yeah, I think yeah, it's later. Yeah. No, no. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty the, sure I was in high school when it happened. People called it. Because if it's not 04, it's 08. No, it was 100% 04. It was, it was before 04. the. It was. Okay. Maybe if it's not 04, I think you might I'll be right. 06 because it might have not been for the Olympics. It might have it, been for. It was a FIFA. It was a FIFA, FIFA tournament. tournament. I know so that. And I was in high school. 06. I was definitely in high school. I want to say I was a junior, it but anyways. 06 for sure. Um. 
So for this season, and this is the last thing we'll talk about today, uh, points per game leader was Tracy McGrady with 32 points a game. Uh, rebounds was Ben Wallace with 15 and a half. Assists was Jason Kidd with nine. Uh, the awards, MVP, Tim Duncan, back-to-back. Um, Rookie of the year, Amari Stoudemire, who went 10th in this draft. Amari Stoudemire, who had a phenomenal career, who we'll talk about a lot more in later episodes when we talk about the seven seconds or less Suns, because those were really fun basketball teams. Um, ben Wallace, back-to-back Defensive Player of the Year. Um, again, we'll talk a lot more about him in next week's episode. Sixth Man of the Year, Bobby Jackson, who I thought won last year, did not. Um, Gilbert Arenas, Most Improved Coach of the Year, Greg Popovich, Executive of the Year, Joe New- Dumars for swinging that Richard Hamilton trade. Way to go. Um, and also bringing over Ben Wallace, I guess. Or no, he did that the year, year before. before. Um, and Chauncey. Sport- he got Chauncey and, and-, and-, and Rip this year. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and yeah, Tayshaun. yeah. And he drafted, 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 drafted Tayshaun. Yeah, that's why I was saying. Yeah. This was the you know what? That's that right. Did, they did a very good job. They did a good. Players. They did. They did ninety percent of the work this season. Yeah. Next season is where well, they like they bring I'll it all say together. Eighty-five because next season is a big, big percentage. It's a big one. Um. It and and also yeah they uh they were they went from like one of the worst teams in the league to being. Uh, not one of the worst teams in the league, but like a decent team in the league to being the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um. All NBA first team: Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Shaq, Kobe, Tracy McGrady. Second team: Dirk, Dude, can we Chris talk Weber. about the fact that you got two power forwards and a center on the All NBA team? <laughs> like, imagine that now. If it's where that we were now, man. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. It's where we were. Uh, second team: Dirk, Chris Webber, Ben Wallace, Jason Kidd, Allen Iverson. Third team: Paul Pierce, Jamal Mashburn. Woo! Shout um, out to my boy Jay Mash. I love that. I guy. love. I love Mash. Um, King Jermaine of O'Neal, mid jumper. Hell yeah. Stefan Marbury and Steve Nash on the Mavericks, which I was texting you guys this the other day. I was watching the Western Conference Finals between the 03 Mavericks and the Spurs. What a disappointment. That team, that team was Donnie great. Nelson, Rafe, man. Oh, Donnie, man, Donnie dude. Nelson was was a good coach, but not I a great love coach. those teams. Also, Donnie Nelson uh, was a NBA innovator, so like I'm not trying to poo-poo him too much. And he was an all-conference guard uh, at the University of Iowa. So uh, you know, <laughs> shout right. out to, to Donnie Nelson. Can I say one thing real quick? This is not on this topic that we're talking about, like the Matt, like, you know, the all NBA teams. I just want to say this that on August 15th of 2004, the Puerto Rican men's national basketball team defeated the United <laughs> States by a score of 92 to 73. Suck my ass, Jay. Okay, 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 uh, had a lot of NBA players. Fuck uh, Luis, them, dude. Luis Scola, Andres Nocioni, Fabricio Alberto, Manu Ginobili, uh, Carlos Delfino, and I mean that's it. But like that's a pretty decent amount it's, for an Argentine. Deep, bro. That's, that's a deep team. That's a lot of very solid role players. And Manu Ginobili. And Manu Ginobili. Um, a Hall of Famer for sure. Let's see. Eh, I'm not going to go through all defense. All rookie first team, Yao Ming, Amari, Karam Butler, Drew Gooden, Nene, second team, Manu, Gordon Gierichik of, of the Orlando Magic, um, Carlos <laughs> Boozer. Oh, man. I wish I didn't remember. <laughs> Bro, I was watching that today. I was like, oh, I forgot about him. Uh, Jay Williams and J.R. Bremer of the Boston Celtics, who I do not remember um, oh, at J. R. all. J.R. Bremer. Yeah, dude, come on. He don't know who the fuck he I'm, is. I'm serious. Who the fuck is he? Three, he played for he played for two seasons in the NBA. Yeah, he played at St. Bonaventure. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> undrafted, undrafted in 2 You were ready for that yeah, one. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was like pretty, pretty fucking good in college, but he like went to like obviously fucking St. Bonaventure. Super small school. Same but, school as Woj. 
Oh, Same nice. school as uh, uh, former Orlando Magic great Andrew Nicholson. Let's go, dude. Ooh. Let's go. All right, boys. Anything else we want to talk about today? We went a lot longer than we thought we were going to go, but per usual, yeah. we like to yeah, talk. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just we just like to talk about the <coughs> stuff, and I, I think that we, we get a lot of fun and easy banter in. You know, I'm good with it. You a lot. I have I have no problems with it at all. Anything else we want to wrap uh, talk about before we wrap up today? No, no. man. We talked about your dad. We talked about my dad. We talked about the highlights. <laughs> Got it all. We talked about Shaq putting the ball on the deck. But there was a Carlos Delfino reference made at one point. Shouts to Carlos <laughs> Delfino. I think we covered a lot, man. Yeah. We covered it all. Let's plug and let's get out of here. Follow, Follow me. me on Twitter at Tad Hall. God damn it. <laughs> natural, natural order, guys. That's truly my two, own three. fault. I forget I always go second. Follow me on Twitter at Tad Hall underscore. Follow me on Instagram at Nikki Palooza. And you can follow me at J underscore Keelas on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow MBA at MBA pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please don't uh, forget to give the podcast a five-star rating and review. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. We've been putting a lot of work into these episodes. We hope you're enjoying them. Um, share them with your friends. If you're enjoying going down memory lane with us, share them with your friends. We're revisiting some old games, some old players, some guys like J.R. Bremer, who nobody's going to remember. Um, all right. Well, for Tad, for Nikki, for Jay, this has been NBA, and we're out. Peace.